Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Isometry by Syntax 6 on Omniscribe. Rating Explicit. Chapter 18. Mulder broke approximately 32 traffic laws in his race to get to Trinity Hospital. Abandoning the car with its left front wheel on the curb, he ran through the emergency room doors, his heart at his throat. He tried the first official-looking person he saw. Excuse me, I'm looking for a woman. She gave him a blank stare and moved on, so Mulder rounded the corner to the main desk. Excuse me, I'm looking for a Dana Scully. The woman behind the desk did not put down her phone. Mulder raised his voice. Is there an admitting nurse here? People turned to stare, but nobody answered him. Look, can somebody help me? At last, a young doctor approached him. You're going to have to calm down. I will calm down when someone gives me a reason to calm down. I'm looking for a patient who was admitted to the ER. Dana Scully, I heard you the first time. Where is she? Mulder did not lower his voice. I have her in the ICU. Where is that? Look, you're going to have to tell me who you are. Mulder brushed him aside, intent on finding the ICU on his own. Just then, Skinner rounded the corner with four other government suits trailing behind him. Agent Mulder. Mulder did not slow down. Skinner called after him angrily. Where are you going? I see you. You're moving pretty good for a dead man, Skinner said, as he fell into step beside him. Mulder pushed through the doors to the ICU. I'm only half dead. He woke past gurneys and nurses to find Scully lying unmoving in a hospital bed, tubes protruding from her mouth. The light in the distance rendered her skin almost transparent, and the sight of her next to the large machines took his breath away. His step slowed. He bent over double. He flexed his fingers, a sense memory of her in his arms the night before, and searched himself to find what he had missed. How could she have been this sick, and he hadn't even noticed? Skinner came to stand next to him. Mulder couldn't take his eyes from Scully. What happened to her? He asked the other man. She went into hypovolemic shock, Skinner said. She lost a lot of blood. Blood could be replaced, Mulder thought immediately. Maybe that was the reason for all the tubes. Due to what, he asked. Skinner. Skinner said nothing. Mulder turned to him at last. Due to what, he practically shouted. She's dying. Mulder froze, blinked. It was the first time anyone had ever said the words to him. Skinner's expression softened and he tugged Mulder's arm. Let's go. Desolation wailing inside him, Mulder shook him off. Let go of me. There's nothing you can do. Skinner grabbed him fully and Mulder struggled, shoving back. Get the hell off me. Don't do this, Skinner barked. Don't make me put you under arrest. Mulder relented, relaxing. Jail didn't scare him. Being locked away from Scully did. Reluctantly, he dragged himself towards the door under Skinner's watchful gaze. He kept his own gaze on Scully, hoping for some small sign of life from her. His scattered mind raced through the past hours to try to pull their last conversation, his last words to her. Had they been enough? Did she know he would be here? The words rang back at him all at once. His stomach dropped like a stone and he halted just inches from the ICU doors. His eyes squeezed shut. See you on the other side, he'd said.
Keep moving, Skinner said roughly, and shoved him through the doors. In the dark car, Mulder sat in the passenger seat, his wet eyes trained on the passing night scenery. Skinner drove in silence. How did you find out? Mulder asked the window. Skinner did not need any clarification. I didn't find out, he said, after a long pause. I knew the minute the cops told me it was self-inflicted. Mulder shifted so he could see Skinner's shadowed face. Skinner glanced over to meet his eyes. I knew you wouldn't do that to her. Scully heard murmuring around her, but she couldn't see who was talking. Dimly, she realized her eyes were closed, but she wasn't sure she had the strength to open them. She mustered her concentration and was pleased to feel her eyelids flutter. Light assaulted her and she blinked. Her mother's face came into view. Dana, she breathed. Warm fingers stroked Scully's cheek. Hi, how are you feeling? Not much of anything, Scully whispered. Although her head felt like lead, she moved it frantically to look around. Hospital? Trinity, her mother said, still keeping her voice soft. You were brought here after you collapsed at work. The evidence, Scully remembered. Every muscle in her body seizing, she struggled to sit up. I have to get back. Hush now. Her mother gently helped her to lie back down. Scully's world spun in dizzy circles. You need to stay here for a while. You lost a lot of blood. Tears pricked Scully's eyes. No, you don't understand. I do, her mother cupped her cheek. I do understand. And I'm so sorry I was short with you yesterday. I didn't know. No? Scully saw her mother was holding back tears as well. About Mulder. Oh, sweetheart. I'm so sorry. Scully started to tremble. Her chin quivered. What about Mulder? Again, she tried to sit up. Is he okay? What happened? Her mother blocked her again. Dana. Dana, you can't do this. You have to lie down. What happened to Mulder, Mom? Desperation added to her weakness. She grabbed her mother's arms. Tell me, please. Her mother's lips thinned as she worked to hold back her emotion. Scully's heart monitor beeped over time, and an alarmed nurse appeared in the doorway. What's going on here, she asked. Mrs. Scully brushed her daughter's hair away from her face. Let's talk about this later, okay? You need to rest. Everything will be fine. She pushed Scully back into the pillow, and Scully had no strength to resist. She sank down. The nurse watched them both carefully for a moment, and then walked away. Mom, Scully raised her eyes to her mother's. Please. Her mother hesitated, her hands reaching out to stroke Scully's hair again. He died, sweetheart. Last night. I heard about it on the news and tried to reach you, but you weren't answering your phone. I'm so, so sorry. Relief washed through Scully's veins like a drug. The news, of course. She searched around until she found her mother's free hand and squeezed. It's okay, Mom. Tear tracks streaked down her mother's pale face, and she sniffed to hold back more. I'm sorry, she said again. No, Scully whispered. She could lie to the joint panel, but not to her mother. It's okay. Mulder's all right. No, oh, Dana. He is. She patted her mother's hand and closed her eyes. You'll see. Mulder left the Hoover building and went immediately back to the hospital. Six hours with no information left him breathless and wobbly. So intent he was on his ultimate goal of ICU that he didn't notice the people he was brushing past until one gasped his name. 
fox. Mulder stopped and turned and saw Mrs. Scully, staring at him with a mixture of wonder and horror. Hi, Mrs. Scully, he said, walking over to her. How is she? Mrs. Scully pulled back her arm, nearly recoiling, and she searched his face with wide eyes. You're alive, she said. Dana was right. Mulder allowed himself a weak smile. She usually is. Thank God. Mrs. Scully seemed to thaw a little, almost slumping. When I heard the news, she shook her head and put her hand to her chest. Thank God it wasn't true. How is Dana doing? He asked softly. And Mrs. Scully became a bit more animated. They're going to move her out of the ICU, if she's strong enough. Dr. Zuckerman is going to begin treatment this afternoon. That's great news. He glanced down the hall. Can I go see her? I'm sure she would like that. Mulder grinned when he saw her. Machine still flanked her bed, but the worst of the tubes had vanished and her eyes were open. He waved through the window, but Scully did not return his smile. Her frown increased the dark circles ringing her eyes. Mulder, what are you doing here? She asked as he entered the room. I heard you were being moved out of the ICU, that you were feeling better. But someone is going to see you here. He sat down on the edge of her bed and took her hand. It's okay. Leaning down, he placed a kiss on her paper-fine cheek. I'm officially among the undead. Worry lines remained etched across her face. What happened? I did not come here to talk about that, he told her gently. He rubbed his thumb across the back of her cool hand, but Scully would not be soothed. Mulder, don't try and protect me. I need to know. There's not much to talk about anyway. I'm going to testify to everything I know in front of the FBI assembly. The conspiracy. What I believe is its purpose. Did you find out who in the FBI is involved? He hesitated a beat. No, but that doesn't matter now. Yes, it does. He smiled at her again. Hey, Scully, how about those Yankees, huh? Mulder, Skinner has evidence against you. He knows that you killed that man in your apartment. Yeah, but Skinner's been withholding it. She gave him a reproachful look. Mulder, Skinner's dirty. He is not your friend. I'm almost positive he is the man inside on all this. He will use it to ruin you. No, not Skinner. She blinked hard, clearly frustrated, and he touched her temple with gentle fingers. If I don't testify, they will start to bury the truth. Well, then you have to lay it on me. You have to tell them I'm the one who killed that man in your apartment. Her slender shoulder already carried too much. He would not compromise her further. I can't. I can't do that. Yes, you can. As washed out and fragile as she appeared, the usual steely scully strength carried through in her voice. She squeezed his hand. Mulder, if I can save you, let me. Let me at least give some meaning to what's happened to me. Before he could answer, her mother appeared at the door with a man Mulder could only guess was Brother Bill. Mrs. Scully had acquired a full shopping bag, and she smiled at him. Hi, Fox. Hi, Mrs. Scully. Her eyelids slid to where his hand was joined with her daughter's. I hope we're not interrupting. No, he squeezed. I was just on my way out. He pressed a goodbye kiss to Scully's fingers and got up from the bed. On his way out, he introduced himself to Bill. Familiar blue eyes assessed him with a cool gaze as they shook hands. I know something of what Dana's been through with you, Bill told him. Mulder nodded. So let's leave the work away from here, okay? Let her die with dignity.
Speechless, Mulder watched Bill join Scully and their mother inside the hospital room. Scully took Bill's hand and smiled up at him, clearly unaware that he had just written her off for good. Mulder turned away. If you love someone, set them free, the teaching went. But Mulder didn't understand that kind of love. Love meant you went down fighting, clawing and squawking and hanging on just as tight as you could. Mulder's love made noise, drew blood, dared anything or anyone to get in its path. When the smokers showed up at Trinity Hospital, Mulder didn't even bat an eyelash in surprise. He'd been out to destroy them for so long that of course he could sense their desperation on the wind. Besides a corpse, some top-secret surveillance, and an FBI assembly scheduled to behead Mulder's career, this was the smoker's kind of party. Please, tell me you're here with severe chest pains. The smoker answered him with a thin smile. You should be glad why I'm here, to pay you some respect. Rage flashed through Mulder hot and quick. Go to hell. For your cleverness, the other man continued, as if he hadn't spoken, for what you managed to do for Scully. Mulder eyed him. What are you talking about? For breaching the security at the Department of Defense, finding the cure for her disease. What I found was useless. On the contrary, it's essential for her survival. If you like, we might step outside so I can explain myself. If this animal gave her that disease, then he could damn well take it away, Mulder thought. It was enough. He followed the smoky man outside. They walked away from the building towards a small cluster of trees, and the smoker paused to light up. A stiff breeze blew the smoke directly into Mulder's face. I'm surprised at you, the smoker said after a puff. After all these years, after what you've seen, that you would be so easily convinced that none of it is true. Mulder shoved his hands into his coat pocket, turned his face away. I don't know what you're talking about. The smoker glanced at him and smiled that strange smile. We can play it that way for now, if you like. I'm not here to play anything, you son of a bitch, Mulder informed him coldly. You did this to Scully, and right now, I don't even care why you did it. I just need to know if it can be undone. Anything else you have to say to me is inconsequential. Okay. He took another long drag. But ask yourself this, Agent Mulder. Why would anyone go through such an elaborate hoax to convince you of extraterrestrial life? You're the original true believer. Mulder shot him a disgusted look. You're not going to try to tell me that body was real. I'm telling you it wasn't for you. Who then? The smoker puffed in silence. You have the key to Scully's illness already in your hands. The water wasn't in the vial because it was special. It was there for protection. He paused. Of a chip. What kind of chip? Check the vial again, Agent Mulder. You'll find it. He dropped his cigarette to the ground. And when you do, we'll talk again. She dreamed in colors these days. Vivid stories painted in brilliant blues, rolling greens, and rich harvest reds. Mulder popped up often, with his hair askew and his eyes winking brightly at her. Gone were the nights where she could chase him, panting and yelling his name as he rounded a corner and vanished from sight. Now... She just had to think of him, and he appeared. They talked dream nonsense together like two friends who had known each other always. He showed her how to fold tiny paper cranes. Scully rubbed her eyes as she surfaced from sleep into her hospital room, 
The peaceful dream melted away and the dull, heavy drug feeling returned. When she moved, her limbs flopped like beached fish. How are you doing, her mother asked. Bill turned from his post by the window. She made an effort to smile at them both. I'm hanging in there. Her mother reached for her hand and Scully gave it willingly. Thank you for bringing my things. Scully's Spartan room now contained her glasses, her fuzzy robe, a few family pictures, and Mulder's giant pickle. And I was happy to do it. Bill walked over to the ledge where the pickle sat. I'm not sure I even want to ask about this, he said. Rotating the jar with his fingers, the pickle bobbed inside. Scully turned on her side so she could get a better view, smiling into her pillow. It's a long story. Do you know what this reminds me of? Bill asked as he studied it. That story Dad used to tell about the pickle in Puerto Rico. You remember that story? I remember. Bill shook his head and smiled. Dad sure could shovel the BS when he wanted to. That's for sure. Just then there was a quick knock at the door, and Mulder entered. Hey, he said, only to her. She smiled back. Hey, is it okay if I come in? There's something I need to talk to you about. Bill opened his mouth to speak, but Scully beat him to it. Of course it's okay. She scooted over on the bed to make room for Mulder. What's going on? Why don't we give you some privacy, her mother said, as she rose from her chair. Bill can buy me a cup of coffee. They left and Mulder joined Scully on her bed, taking his place at her hip. He smiled at her, but didn't quite reach his eyes. Worry fluttered in her stomach. What is it, she asked. Did something happen? I found this. He extracted a small silver vial from the pocket of his coat. For a moment, he just stared at it in the palm of his hand. Mulder? It's a microchip. A microchip? He'd been out of her sight for three hours. Where the hell had he turned up a microchip? Where did you find it? Inside the Pentagon the other day. I didn't realize what it was until just a few hours ago. The guys worked it over with their toys, and it appears similar to the one you removed from your neck last year. I found it deep inside the DOD storage facility, he paused, in a box with your name on it. A chill passed through her like a ghost. And you think this means what? I don't know what it means. They had millions of boxes stored down there, including one for Krichkow's son. He seemed to think the contents of the box might be able to cure his son of whatever illness he contracted during the Gulf War. Blood rushed to her face, making her face flush and her ears roar. And you think that the chip in this vial might be able to cure me? He met her eyes without hesitating. I think it's worth a shot. We know you didn't start to get sick until you removed the implant. Maybe that removal is what triggered your cancer. Medically, it made no sense. What Mulder proposed was akin to the witch doctor treatment for the 21st century. Put this under your skin and don't ask too many questions. But it stood to reason that if a man engineered her disease, then a man could manufacture the cure as well. She plucked the slim vial from Mulder's palm. I don't know, she whispered, glancing at him. You believe Krichkow before, Mulder answered. I think you should believe him now. Scully held the vial up for inspection. One side makes you grow taller, she thought. The other side makes you grow smaller. She decided to try to pass through the looking glass. I don't trust Krichkow, she said. I never did. Mulder's face fell. She reached for his hand, enclosing the vial between their palms. But I trust you. 
If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there.